An Instagram post gets an unexpected boost. A TikTok catches in the algorithm. Sometimes that's all it takes to launch someone into internet fame. But then what? This Blew Up is a new podcast documentary that reveals how social media stardom is made. It's a different kind of fame that's not always as glamorous as it looks. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Alyssa Bereznak. You can listen to This Blew Up on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Football show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Greg Korobek. Today it is Power Hour. We are power ranking something every Wednesday. And this is Thanksgiving week, baby. It's all about gratitude, being thankful. It's too much of that shit. We're going to power rank all the things we're not thankful for. Haters. Yeah, listen, this is no time to, to look back on your season and reflect on all the good things. That's not what this episode's about. It's more like an early Festivus. This is like the airing of grievances. Mm. I got a lot of problems with you people. It's what every it's it's what that weird uncle does at at the Thanksgiving dinner. That's what we're about to do for for this episode. Just complain. We're just gonna ruin the just vibe. Complain for the next thirty minutes. But you haven't done anything to help. It's like when's dinner? But it's like you're just sitting there eating crackers. It's like you haven't done anything. Are we gonna offer solutions? Probably not. No. We're no. just gonna we're just gonna complain. Bitch and Did mom. you offer to help? It's gonna be fun though. No. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, we're doing this power hour style. So if you don't know, every two minutes you're gonna hear this song. Got that on Monday Night great Football song. now. Incredible. Shout out to everyone who's noticed that on Monday Night Football. It's a great dance. All right. Let's get right into it. All right. DK, Thanksgiving week. Yeah, DK ranked these. We all sent these in. Yes, I ranked all these. And unsurprisingly, we all had the same thing ranked several times. Number one, <laughs> the two, things, things that we're not thankful for. Number one, the too high shell bullshit that's happening across the NFL, <laughs> a.k.a. dink and dunk offenses. Just... Generally, offense sucks in the NFL this year. Uh, scoring is down a full point off of last year and three points from 2020, which, of course, was the pandemic season. So it's kind of that racist. is so much. Three sounds it's a slow. Lot. Three is a massive drop over like a couple of years. It's and if that doesn't like if the number thing doesn't just resonate it, to me, it's just like the games are kind of shitty lately. Like, I don't know. The offense product is, is worse. Well, I, I'm scoring. torn. This. I, I'm torn. I'm torn. Because it's like the essence of football is that, or the re not the essence, but the reason the NFL is so profitable is that even bad games, when the game's close to the couple of minutes, is good. And so I think the games have been closer this year, but the quality of football's worse, but there's more entertaining games. Does that make sense? Well, there's a lot of like, oh, it's 13 to 10 in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Is that more entertaining? I don't know. I saw this stat from Warren Sharp. This was last week. So this is before the week 11 slate, so I'm sure it's shifted slightly, but I wanted to point it out. He listed the passing yards per game for teams that won their game. So essentially, yeah. if you win the game, how many yards did your team pass for? This year, it's 224 yards. The average team who wins passes for 224 yards. That is the lowest since 2010. Wow. Just taking it back to the Stone Age. Uh, Craig, this is, I actually really love your bit, how you just complain about how there's like all these quarterbacks every week that have like 170 passing yards. <laughs> Obviously, look, I get it. We're fan, we, we're in the fantasy world. We want fantasy points. We want 
scoring. We went back and forth, but it's like not, it's not even that. Like to me, it's just more fun to watch a back and forth game. Yes, it's it's visually unappealing to watch Mac Jones go up against Zach Wilson, Colt McCoy, and yeah. they both throw for 190 yards, and the game is 14 to 10. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Zach Wilson is not throwing for 190 yards. Zach, that's, that's <laughs> like never 90 that. yards. So Don't get excited. Couldn't yeah. even get to 90. I will say I had the absolute choice. I'm home for Thanksgiving, and I had the absolute pleasure of of seeing Stephen A. Smith like live on ESPN, like talking about Zach Wilson and like I've come all the way in Stephen A where he thought he was the problem sports media to like actually <laughs> when you get like a live Stephen A. Smith in the moment thing to like a Zach Wilson he was like I'm talking about Zach Wilson as a man he's playing like a boy Jesus. and football's a game for men men take accountability boys run from it and I'm like this is the best form of entertainment Oh, he's fantastic. He had a whole run on the Knicks last year that I thought, he was like, the New York Knicks are a national disgrace. And but, <laughs> but when you get to Stephen A, like, I'm going to watch this on YouTube in like five years, but you're watching it live. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's, oh, I get goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. All right, next one here, DK. All right, number two, things we're not thankful for. Professional quarterbacking in mm. the NFL. The just quarterback position. Yes. There just does not seem to be very many good quarterbacks on earth right now. This is also sort of the, I'm not very thankful for father time. It's not just me turning 40. There's a quarterback crisis, Tom Brady. He's been fine, but like fantasy-wise, not very good. Aaron Rodgers might be washed. Matt Stafford falling off a cliff. Russell Wilson sucks now. Matt Ryan, complete dust. Past that, Derek Carr kind of stinks. Well, Matt Ryan's kind of back, but. Yeah, sort of. (laughs) Jameis Winston was so bad, he got Wally pipped by Andy fucking Dalton. Justin Herbert. Is past Dinkin and Duncan? What's going on with this? What do you guys think? I remember at the start of the season, I was talking to my friend about how many teams are happy with their quarterback situation, yes. at least in the front office and with the fan base. And there was like, we came up with like 29 teams who are happy. Yeah. So like the only teams that weren't were like the Texans. You didn't really know what was going on with them. Seattle. And there wasn't a whole lot more. Now you you, you can flip it and ask, how many teams and fan bases and front offices are happy with their quarterback situation? It's like eight. <laughs> eight. It's Let's unbelievable how quickly it's flipped. I mean, it's we so could go true. Th- Even on that list, you've got like the Ravens who have to negotiate a contract with Lamar. Right. And then you've got a team like the Cardinals who just signed a massive contract with Kyler. And it's like, does Kyler suck? Is he I, awful? Yeah. I'm like for the first time starting to actually get really worried about Kyler Murray just in general as a quarterback, like as a long-term solution there. Um, but that's not like, that's not even, he's not one of my main issues here. It's like all the old guard quarterbacks or most of the old guard quarterbacks seem to be falling off a cliff. They're washing up ashore like whales. I think the real answer is that the old guard quarterbacks <laughs> signed beachy. up with teams. No, they're just, their teams are the husk of a whale that's beached. Yes. And so like, it's rotting around them because they were like, let's just try to win. Except and then the, Russ, he's, he's beaching. He he's is, a beached he whale. is a rotting beached corpse whale. Yeah. <laughs> That is definitely true. <laughs> the, the imagery of that is. Did you guys know that when whales die, they explode? Because <laughs> of the gas? Is right. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's that a crazy the YouTube video out there of somebody cutting open a whale, a beached whale, and it fucking explodes. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? Did you guys, when you when we were talking about that, did you guys, like, think of the smell? Oh, oh it's God. probably wretched. That's like yeah. what probably the whole Broncos game smell like. Appalling. Foul. Appalling. Just an appalling, appalling smell. All right, next one. All right, next. This one's from Craig. 
again, related. Tom Brady deciding, and this is his words, Tom Brady deciding to choose football over marriage and still sucking. Go ahead, Craig. Yeah. Like, what else does this guy have to do now? (laughs) You know what I mean? Tom Brady's having one of his bottom four seasons, which is saying something because he's played like 21 of them. He's having his worst season since uh, 2006. He basically is. is playing as though he's like second year Tom Brady on the Pats who are just like a run first defensive team and Brady is just asked to game manage. Except that's not what the Bucks are at all right now. The team has been ravaged with injuries and Brady looks a thousand years old and he can't move. And I know Tom Brady's still good. I know he's probably going to have a strong second half of the season. But as somebody who's never had him on my fantasy team, it's it's honestly painting my image of who the man is as a football player. I I love that you're the only one that's going to remember Tom bias. Brady's career for like, but remember when he was bad on the Bucks at 45? But I think it's funny. Everyone who sh- debated retiring this year should have retired. Sean Kovay should have taken the money at Amazon. Tom Brady should have stayed married to Giselle. And then Aaron Donald should have just like, gone to the Hall I think the, I think the McVay thing was horseshit. I don't think he was actually considering retiring to take the Amazon money. Well, he should be now. Sure. Would have looked great. Fresh off the Super Bowl, he's like 37 years old. I mean, I, there's no way he's he was not, considering he's retiring. He's 34. He's not even 37, is he? Uh, I think he's, well, is he? He's 36. Oh. Jesus. Well, regardless, I know that's insane. He's still the youngest coach in the league. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> just retire. No, I think, but Brady, though, should have just stayed retired. Like, I can't believe he came out. He's Although maybe he just went to Germany and he's just going to go and rip off, like, just once again. This yeah, season. I think this is, like, actually going to reverse jinx him. He's going to absolutely just dominate down the He's going to crush. All right. Things we are not thankful for. I'm going to quibble with this one a little bit, but this is Craig's. Nate Hackett and Russell Wilson. I'm a little bit thankful for these two guys, but Craig. Oh, well, you're the Seahawks fan going to get a top five pick from them. <laughs> it's, yeah. I, if, the, if the Broncos get a top five pick this year and give it to Seattle, I think this is in the maybe the best sports trades ever. Oh, my God. We are like, Seahawks fans are just <laughs> already starting to dream of like the superstar pass rusher we could get in the draft or whatever. Like, it's just so fun. You guys are just pigs and shit right now. <laughs> Uh, but don't you think that this has been this has been one of the biggest fantasy rug pulls in memory? Like, yes, g- going into the season, everyone liked Denver. Russ was like the, a top 10, top seven, sometimes quarterback in fantasy drafts. Sutton was like a top 15 guy. Judy was a top 30 guy. Albert L was like the sleeper darling of the year. Javante. Javante. I mean, he tore his ACL and he was looking good. Right. But yeah, Javante was really highly touted. And now this team, after after 11 weeks, they're dead last in points. They're dead last in touchdowns. They've had the seventh <laughs> most drives in the league. The seventh most drives. And they are still last in touchdowns. And they're first in punts. Their defense is incredible. They're always getting the ball. First in getting booed at their home stadium. They're, here's the thing. With all the... Look, all these players, their fantasy seasons were murdered. Like Cortland Sutton, Albert O, the RIP, may he rest in peace, Javante. Like it's Russ is kind of like a fantasy serial killer. Yeah, he is. He's Michael Myers. <laughs> he is. And he won't die because he never gets hurt. He'll just keep coming back and keep playing. <laughs> just keep- There's no hope. <laughs> and you know what's even worse is the defense is fantastic. The defense, the defense is giving up the is- incredible they're giving up the third least points in the league and they're still three and seven but what's so funny is this is the whole reason they got russell wilson was because they were like the best they were the best defense in like 30 years to not make the playoffs so they went and got russell wilson the defense is better and he's like worse than the old quarterbacks were 
Tim Tebow's Broncos had more points than him. I, I want to shout this from the rooftops. The Tim Tebow Broncos were better. I just would like to point this out. Last year, at this stage, the Broncos had five wins. Oh That's God. unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> unbelievable. Quick question. Just one word answer. Which team is more sad, the Rams or the Broncos? Broncos. That's Broncos. Not, Rams, the Bron- won the Rams won the Super Bowl. This yeah, but year. I guess that that's what makes it sad is like they just won the Super Bowl. Yeah, but the, the whole narrative around it was like they're selling out now. They're leveraging their future for right now. And I mean, it's quite literally exactly what happened. But you have to. I mean, they won a Super Bowl. Shakespeare answered this like 500 years ago. It's like to have loved and lost or to be stuck with Russell Wilson and also not have won a Super Bowl like a loser. <laughs> just have a serial killer as your quarterback. Old Bill. Old Bill Shakespeare. All right. Number five. This was things we're not thankful for. This was another one that everyone had in some <laughs> format. Arthur Smith and what he did to Kyle Pitts. Also, coaches who don't know who their best players are. Also, Heifetz just doesn't like Kyle Pitts in general. <laughs> Heifetz, oh. you kick it off. You want me to kick it off? You're the person sure. who hates Arthur Smith to your core. You're not You're not a man who holds much hate in your heart, but you hold, like 80% of your hatreds for Arthur Smith. I, I like to focus my hatred on one particular thing every season. I feel like Arthur Smith is in my crosshairs this year. The Falcons you hate it more are, than the refs. You have hated the refs the entire time I've known you, but now you know it's what? like you hate Arthur Smith. The refs haven't been that bad this year, have they? I almost put them on the list of things I am thankful for because the refs I have been I actually just realized this. I haven't been pissed off at the refs that much this year. Anyway. It's because all the offenses suck. They don't have anything to call. We just keep <laughs> no, it's, they put yeah. the sky judge in and they're fixing shit quickly. Holy shit. That's a good... I just realized. I just had an epiphany. Wow. Um, <laughs> on anyway. last year's episode, you, you, one of your things that you weren't thankful for was the refs. Oh my God, it was killing me. So Arthur Smith replaced it for you. This Falcons team is the bait of my existence right now. Back-to-back years, and it's philosophical. It doesn't matter. The results don't matter. Philosophically, in back-to-back yeah, winning years. Super Bowl. That, I'll get cares? to that. I'll get to that. They spent two top 10 picks back-to-back years on big alien unicorn receiving weapons and then proceed to run the Navy <laughs> offense. I'm just going to let that sink in for a second. The Kyle Pitts storyline, honestly, is probably the most depressing storyline of the entire fantasy season. And it sucks that he's got hurt. Like before he got hurt, it was like the most depressing thing. Now it's even like, I guess now we can just like flush it and like move on with our lives. Um, Also the Drake London tease early in the year. I don't know if you remember, he had like two big games and then he's done an absolutely check shit almost since. And worse yet, the Falcons are winning. The Falcons are like maybe going to go to the playoffs. This is just the most annoying thing in the in the entire season to me. I'm just, I hate it. I, hate I, I have I to hate say, DK, I say this with love. This is my least favorite thing that fantasy football people do, which is like whine about coaching usage when teams are like drastically overperforming. Like the Falcons, the only team that had lower Super Bowl odds than the Falcons this year were the fucking Houston Texans. And now they have the same amount of wins as Tom Brady. Imagine how good they'd be if they actually used their best players, though. <laughs> Falcons, like, like I, I agree with their you. preseason I, win total. And I, is like, but they're not even good. I actually agree with you. Like, I think there's a gray area here where they're way better than we thought, but they are leaving so much meat on the bone because they're not using their, like, best play, like, their unicorn players. You know who I think is going under-discussed in this entire saga of Arthur Smith and Kyle Pitts? Is Marcus Mariota? I agree, Craig. I was thinking. Here's the here's the reality of what happened. He's probably actually who I should hate. <laughs> Marcus Mariota throws like six times a game yeah. to Kyle Pitts, and he he he's wide open in all six times, and Mariota sails it over his head seventy five percent of the time. I, I agree. We have probably done a bad job explaining the situation. The reality is the Falcons wanted Deshaun Watson. They did not get him. Matt Ryan was so upset that they wanted Deshaun Watson that Matt Ryan demanded Forced trade. trade yeah. The Falcons then 
had to stick with Marcus Mariota because he was the only quarterback around that knew Arthur Smith's scheme. Marcus Mariota, his career basically was derailed by a nerve injury in his throwing arm, and he can't throw anymore. And this is the real problem. Hence, they have to be Navy. So I actually think Arthur Smith's doing a great job. I think Arthur Smith gets he gets the brunt of my hatred because he's like a total dick to media every day. But it, it probably should be Marcus Mariota, who is like a sweetheart. He has a lovable nerve injury guy. in his throwing arm. No one yeah. ever talks about this. If Matt Ryan was throwing the same passes to Kyle Pitts that Mariota is, Kyle Pitts would probably be like a top 10 tight end right now because he's always open. <laughs> yeah, the ironic thing is like he actually has incredible usage relative to like the team's number of pass attempts. Like his his target rate is really high. Like his yards per route run is really Wait. high. They just suck at passing. Should this be a memento tattoo? It's like Mariota's the problem, not Kyle Pitts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, all right. Number all right. six. Heifetz, is it weird like I'm kind of hosting? I feel like I keep stepping on you. Do you want to do, do this next one? Well, you just keep stepping on Tom Tom. I don't care about myself. That's fine. Disrespect me all you want. Just disrespect Tom Tom. <laughs> all just, right. Sorry, you know. Tom Tom. Um, okay. This one is a good one. This is from Heifetz. Things we are not thankful for. The NFL deciding to remove the probable tag from injury reports. <laughs> Heifetz, go off. I never agreed to this. I never agreed to no probable. I don't know who this benefits. Why is this a thing? It, like, like it is insane <laughs> to me. This it's is so the worst part of being a fantasy player. It is absolutely the worst part of doing fantasy analysis professionally. Like, this is crazy. Michael Thomas was questionable. Keenan Allen was questionable. Th th two months. They could have been dead for all I knew. Meanwhile, there are players who are questionable every week who end up being like, Freaking top five at their position. I have no idea what's going on anymore. I don't think this helps anybody. I feel like they did the probable thing away because they were mad that teams were doing gamesmanship. Mm. Like, oh, like they keep putting Tom Brady probable on the on their injury report. He's not even hurt. Well, this is way worse. This is awful. Yeah, you can legit be questionable and then go on the IR the next day. Like, it's so ridiculous. It's crazy. I have no idea who's just dinged up and definitely going to play and who is out for like a month, but just not on IR. As as people and well, as anybody who plays fantasy, like questionable tag and day to day is like fucking kill me. Like that's <laughs> the, the worst. I hate these teams for saying this shit day to day. That means nothing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If England can just leave the European Union by referendum, we should be able to have a referendum on this, like bring this back. It'll win 99 to one. Like no one is voting to get rid of this. I absolutely agree. With I just stuff. want, I just, I feel like now all I have to focus on is practicing. I just want P for practice or DNP for did not practice. And that's all I base anything off of nowadays. But that's the problem is that combined with having a probable was actually super useful because the questionable pool was smaller. Now you have to do it for everybody. It's exhausting. I'm tired of this. Bring back the probable tag. For the love of God, I'm begging you. <laughs> Good one. The timing. Impeccable timing, Hyphus. Look what happens when I when I, you give me the reins back. Get more out of your holiday week with FanDuel because new customers get $125 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. We're going to figure out a bet later in this podcast. I am thinking right now, I don't know why Bill's Three team teams are with the Bills, the Cowboys, and the under on the Patriots Vikings game. I don't know how that can lose. Obviously, it will inevitably, but it, in my head, that can't lose. Uh -huh. FanDuel is also now live in Maryland. Get in on the action now with great offers, boosts, and more. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you bet an NFL same game parlay from now through November 28th, all customers can get up to $100 in free bets, win or lose. 
Best of all, you'll get paid your winnings instantly, so don't miss your chance to get $125 in free bets, win or lose, when you join FanDuel with the promo code RINGERFANTASY. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 5332. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT-IN-INDIANA. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-800-522-4700 Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.com. In West Virginia. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. All right. Things we are not thankful for. Number seven. This is mine. This is like not timely whatsoever. I just wanted to get it off my chest. I hate the NFL scheduling rules where they have (laughs) eight games in the early slate and then like three mediocre to shitty games in the afternoon slate. Why do they do that? Okay. Actually, back up. I understand it's like TV rights related, right? I don't actually know exactly what it is. But it's fucking annoying. To quote Mitch Hedberg, once again, football can't be like pancakes, all exciting at first, but by the end, you're fucking sick of them. So here's my it's, question. The game, the later games are always just like, no, I'm hold just, on, hold on, hold your horses. Do you like it when the Seahawks, in that situation, do you prefer the Seahawks to be in the earlier games or in the later games? I don't have a preference. See, I kind of like when... In th- I, I like it either way. I like when the Giants are on bye or something and I can just watch stress-free. But I also generally love the formula of all the chaos of like your team's playing at one o'clock or Eastern. But then there's like a mega game at like the afternoon, like when a, I don't know. Like a, what was that earlier? There's a game earlier. Oh, the Chiefs bills at like 4 p.m. And but then there's so like a rarely night game. happens though. You That's know? true. I guess some of them are bad. Here's my deal. It's like, I get that. I understand where you're coming from. However, I feel like I miss so much with the way that they do this. It's just so annoying. Like, why can't they spread them out evenly? I know. I think they want to simulate like a mini primetime feel in the afternoon slate. Right. Yeah. By, they want the uh, local. CBS. I think the, yeah, the first slots like local get everything out of the way and the fours like hold them for a big matchup, but they're not always great at figuring out what people want to watch or what will be good. There's nothing worse though when it's like nine games at 10 o'clock and two in the afternoon. And it's like Seahawks, Cardinals, and... Well, I think so the real depressing. answer also is it's like when you tee off like 10 games at once, you can't miss it. And then once you're there, you're watching and then you're not going to get up. And I think that they're banking like as long as we get you on your couch on Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, whatever, it's like you're not getting up, are you? Yeah, I guess. It's like inertia. The other thing that I hate is like in the afternoon, you have to watch commercials. Bullshit. Why? Why? What are you talking about? Because there's less, there's fewer games going on. 
And so you can't just like change the channel to another game. Like both both games are commercial. Hey, you can do Red Zone with three games on, and you you miss most commercials. I love the idea that watching a single commercial to our generation is like just tilting oppression. It's like the way we talk about it, like even me, I'm guilty of this. Like a week ago, I'm like, my God, I had to watch two 15 second YouTube ads back to back. Fucking sucks. All right, number eight. This is a Heifetz one. AstroTurf. I would quibble with the name. It's probably more like field turf, but that's fine. Go ahead, Ivitz. Okay, sure. Call it whatever you want. Artificial turf. I don't fucking care. The, we, we this go. thing is, this is like quietly a huge problem for the NFL. Like all the injuries that matter this year were on turf and all the injuries that have mattered mostly for the last few years have been on turf. Like Cooper Cup is, and like players are like shut up about it. And like this year, all the players have stopped caring and they're all bitching about it. Like Cooper Cup got hurt on turf at SoFi Stadium in the L.A., Odell Beckham tore his ACL in the Super Bowl on SoFi Stadium. The Chargers, Mike Williams hurt his ankle at SoFi Stadium. DK Metcalf hurt his ankle at SoFi Stadium. JC Jackson, the cornerback for the Chargers, hurt his ankle at SoFi Stadium. Like so All good. these guys got to hurt there. MetLife has the same problem with the Giants-Jets shared stadium. The Niners went there in a, a, a 2020, like this back-to-back road trip, Giants-Jets back-to-back uh, weeks. The Niners' Super Bowl campaign basically ended that year because all their good players, Nick Bosa got hurt. Like, And now they've basically, there are studies basically showing that it is statistically like worse for you to play on turf. It gives you less give and, and every injury this year, it just feels like it has happened on turf and it's not going to like get fixed, but it's really frustrating that there's grass is just better, but it's just cheaper to have turf. And so they just have turf. It's kind of yeah. crazy. It's an interesting dilemma because I get it. On one hand, that does make sense. But on the other hand, it's like field conditions are annoying like if you have bad field conditions it's really fucking annoying and it like hurts the competition hurts the you know the flow of the game if it's like super muddy or if there's a bunch of standing water or whatever like some a lot of these stadiums also struggle to like keep the fields in good shape there's a bunch of shit that they happens don't struggle they just are cheap like washington long had bad <laughs> well, grass because sure, they're cheap sure. and i'm just it's like you can't find players that prefer turf like it, it's concrete that's like, the playing interesting concrete. part yeah. like every it's not just like injuries players literally say their joints hurt worse when you practice on turf, they don't like practice on turf. Never mind playing, and it's it's interesting. Like they, this, they all feel very passionately about this. So and turf. Then you get like rubber pellets in your eyeballs too, because your feet like can't drag on turf, right? They, they don't slide. Yeah, it's grass has more give. That's all it is. And then also uh, on Thanksgiving when the Lions play the Bills, they're gonna play that video if you saw it this week of them packing up that carnival, the Christmas carnival at Lions Stadium. And then, like, uh, underneath is the turf. That's the fundamental problem. Is like, you can't just like throw a giant tarp over grass, grass necessarily, and have a carnival on it, right? And then like it'd be suitable for the NFL. It's just more versatile, and it's like it's capitalism, baby. Exactly. It's just like, but yeah, <laughs> they just played a game on that field the next day. Like, that's probably not great. Like when the Niners played the Giants, Jets, and all the ACL tears they had a couple years ago, they just they had a cement roller. Like, come and, like, roll over the field because they thought, oh, maybe we screwed up. Anyway. Soccer soccer in, like, Europe is all on fields, it's right? It's all on... It, I'm so glad you asked. Or grass, when sorry. Premier League sorry. teams, or any European soccer teams come to America for a little tour, the t t stadiums that have artificial turf have to put grass over it. They have to put a wow. single-use grass because the soccer teams will not play on turf. Whoa, that's interesting. There's my soapbox friend. I don't know if it's going to happen, but that was interesting. All right, next up, number nine. Getting into the petty range of the list here. Heifetz just 
does not like DJ Moore. He's not thankful for DJ Moore. Uh, God. All right. I'm back. Yeah. Forget. There's like, that's my Poor real DJ Moore. It's friend. not his fault. I'm going back to, no, I hate this guy. I was peer pressured into it and everyone's like, but he's good. It's the Craig rule of like every time they throw DJ Moore the ball, he catches it. It feels like a miracle. And mm. I should have known coming in, it was going to feel like a miracle. And everyone's like, but he's good and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, God damn it. How have I once again been suckered? I'm a sucker for having DJ Moore. And he like fell to me and it's like a value. Never again. I'm so done. And I just, yeah. I just, he, oh my God. I'm just, my this is the worst. I was into I, DJ Moore this year. Memento tattoo. Don't draft wide receivers with shit quarterbacks. It never works. It's stressful. Every week is miserable. <laughs> just only draft wide receivers of good quarterbacks. It's very simple. Speaking of, by the way, Sam, Sam Darnold starting for the Panthers this week. Good Lord. Good God. What do you do with that? You just put him in and be like, well, Sam Darnold, when he this was with DJ Moore DJ last Moore. year, had a high target share. It's like, what am I going to do? Play him and get two points again? Going to bench him and get 20? It's like, this is the worst. I hate this. There's nothing worse than the player you have to play and you can't cut, but you want to cut him. And it's just like, it's like Kyle Pitts again. Yeah, really. Just avoid bad quarterbacks at all costs. Maybe that's what the entire theme of this entire power hour is. It's just, we're not thankful for all the shitty quarterbacks in the league, but they ruin everything. They make everything worse. Ruin <laughs> Should everything. we have a badge? We do our draft guide. Should next year's draft guide have, I don't even care if they have a good quarterback. I want a badge for like, can we put like the, the hands emoji, like the prayer emoji. And it's just for like bad quarterback. And it's like every catch will feel like a miracle. Yeah. But like, that's the problem. There's like eight good quarterbacks in the NFL. right? Now. All right. So it'll be a lot of badges. No, but that, no, that doesn't mean prayer. Like Mario does a prayer. Carson Wentz with McLaurin. That was like a prayer. Everything was like a prayer. Yeah. Like the idea that I, I was like waffling between somebody like a T Higgins or a Terry McLaurin or a T Higgins or a DJ Moore is insane to me. I don't know why I would ever consider a player with a shitty quarterback. Sometimes you find clarity in, in, in these moments of anger. And that was a good, that was a moment of clarity for me. I actually agree with that. Memento um, tattoo. All right. Yeah. Number 10, last one. Craig, go off on Michael Thomas and the idea of being injury prone. I'm not thankful for Michael Thomas whatsoever. I spent $25 on him. And you know why? Because I'm also not thankful for big fantasy peddling the idea that getting hurt is random. You know what? It's not. I've completely pivoted. People get hurt and they get hurt a lot because they're injury prone. Michael Thomas. Kadarius Tony is injury prone. Mike Williams. He's been injury prone since he got in the league. Guess what? He got hurt this year. Jerry Judy made a glass. I believe that stuff now. I'm fully in on it. I'm at the point now where with injuries where I think a player with a hamstring injury should sit for like a month longer than the report says they should because yeah, they're like just going to come back and get hurt. You know we underrate? The fundamental problem is that all these guys want to come back and believe that they should come back way faster than they do. And there's not really any, there's no way we can really tell which ones are coming back too soon. Like Mike Williams, you know what you shouldn't do? Come back three weeks after a high ankle sprain. Like a bulky ankle and then go deep and jump up for a 50-50 ball. On your turf field. He doesn't really know how to land when he's healthy, let's be honest. <laughs> it just On the turf, his foot plants, it can't even spin because it's like wedged into the turf. It's terrible. Um, anyway, I, I've completely abandoned ah. the injury-prone thing. Like, I know we were big on Saquon this year. That was lucky. No, but, no, but that's different, though. Like, he just had to—like, McCaffrey's a good example, though. 
Because on one, you can argue it either way. Is he injury prone because he missed a lot of games in two years? He also missed like zero games in high school, college, or the NFL until a couple years ago. So it's like when 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 do you decide though? And it like I think it's less like random, but more like who get dude. Kadarius Tony injury prone <laughs> vibes. He hasn't played a full season since he was like sixteen years old. Hundred percent. I'm completely out on it, and I'm I, I no longer want to hear anybody saying injury proneness is random. No, I don't it's not. The Saquon do stuff doesn't help this. you though. This, sorry, the Saquon stuff does help you because the injuries he had were kind of weird. They were like he just like stepped on someone's foot weird. It wasn't like shit just keeps happening. Yeah, but I don't know. Cosmically, like that just happens to the same people. I don't know what it is. They're like just Saquon's more likely to step on a guy's foot and roll his ankle than other running backs. I don't know why, but he is. <laughs> oh, I know why. It's because they give him 45 touches a game and it statistically <laughs> makes it more likely. I want to end on something a little bit more positive. Hyphus, what are some things you're thankful for? I want to think, I do want to do something. We mentioned the referees. I legit, do think the referees, even though there's been a couple high-profile things that Washington Eagles Monday night game, the refereeing is better and no one wants to talk about it. Like The rules are less just infuriating. Here's yeah. the thing. Al Riverone used to run the refs. It's a hard job. Bless his heart. They replaced him with, um, is it Walt? There's two Walts, right? It's Walt Anderson, I think, replaced him. Let me double check here because I want to shout him out. Yeah, Walt Anderson took over as the head ref and just doing a phenomenal job. Like, they basically stopped enforcing the letter of the law, and they just stopped, started enforcing the spirit of the rule. Oh, and they just... That's all we ask. Combined it with, like, these ex expedited replay where every, instead of just being like, oh, my God, we got to stop the game, it's just they're buzzing, and you're like, yo, that was, that was not a touchdown. Let's not waste it. Like, put them at the one. And that, combined with the dink and dunk and the thing, the number one thing we hated, the dink and dunk and the cover two and all that, I will say this. Football games are the fastest pace of play we've had in 40 years. Like, this is the is that quickest. they're running more? Yes. It's the combo of less refereeing and 10 play drives are back. How many times yeah. have you seen, like, the Washington Commanders have, like, a 12 play scoring drive this year compared to years past? Like, the Titans are just rolling down 14 play drives. Like, it's just happening. Just more like a drive takes an entire quarter. I don't Bad know if that's teams. better. I don't think I enjoy that. I don't <laughs> yeah. want to watch the commanders have a 12 fucking play okay, drive. Okay, but how often did we complain about how long these games were taking? I'm just saying, the games are shorter. I am happy that the games are shorter. They're the shortest they've been in DK's entire life, and he's 40. Yeah, I don't know if I like that either. Going back to the referee thing, uh, one thing, the, the next task that they need to handle, the next issue, is the quarterback sliding and getting hit and throwing the flag thing. That's a disaster, don't you think? <laughs> like, how many times has that played a pr crucial role in a game where, like, Mahomes is just, like, shimmying and, like, daring to slide and the defense doesn't uh, yeah. know what to do? It's terrible. It's true, because at the last thing any defender wants is a quarterback to, like, break their ankles and make them look dumb. But then the quarterbacks are getting more emboldened of like, am I going to slide? They're gaming the slide? system. Yeah, they are. It's annoying. The Kenny, the Kenny Pickett fake, fake slide stuff. Yes. 100%. Like Mahomes is like running for like 15 yards a scramble, it feels like, because nobody wants to get near him because he might slide at the last second. All right. Well, real quick. Uh, I like how that turned into complaining too. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> no, nothing's good. On that note, speaking of complaining, I, my, I have to figure out what I'm going to bet with my father on Thanksgiving mm. Day. So, yeah. Betting these games, I think either betting them individually. I personally think it's a, it's an Amer right of American, right of passage. I yeah. don't know. Good part mm -hmm. of America. Just having a three team teaser in each of the three games on Thanksgiving. Tell me. So the Bills are giving nine and a half to the Lions. It just feels right for like a three team teaser to move the line by. You can, a three team teaser. You put three bets together and you can move each line by ten points. 
So you can just mess with it. But you got to go all three right. I kind of like, you could three-team teaser the Bills, the Cowboys, and the under on the third game. So basically, the, you, you would be getting, the Bills would just have to win over the Lions. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys basically just have to beat the Giants. And then you need the Pats-Vikings game to be under like 52 points. Why is that? That seems like the bet of the day to me. Don't overthink it. Just do that. Does it? Do we have to include all three teams? That's where you lose me because the more pieces you add to the puzzle, the more like you, likely you are to screw up. I just like Bills, Bills Cowboys tease. Just the I Bills Cowboys two team teaser. It I can't does lose. Feel that way. I don't fuck with the, the Patriots Vikings. I don't know what's going on. Like, could the Vikings put up thirty? Yes. Uh, to me, it's like B- Bills are going to beat the Lions by three, and the Cowboys are going to beat the Giants by the three. The problem with Easy. that is it's nine and a half. So if you do the two team teaser, it's the Bills giving three and a half, and so the Bills win by field goal, you lose. That's the why problem. do you have to do a six point tease? Do a seven point tease. You could, but then yeah, huh. dude, a seven point tease knock the Bills down to minus two and a half, and knock the Cowboys down to minus two. Lock. I, it's also the other one. Honestly, just bet the Cowboys giving nine. The Giants are so injured; it's unbelievable. You know the Giants are, are going to be out. The three cornerbacks they're going to start in this game probably don't have two combined career starts. You know, what might be a fun <laughs> little sprinkle bet is to bet like a an altered spread on the Cowboys. Like take Cowboys minus twenty one. I think I might do that. Cowboys giving nineteen <laughs> or something. It's like legit a good idea. If All you right. want to bet on the Patriots Vikings, I saw one that I like on FanDuel. New England def- uh, New England defense anytime touchdown. It's plus 650. Mm. They've scored three defensive touchdowns this year, two interceptions, two pick sixes, and one fumble recovery touchdown. Primetime Kirk. Cousins has been bad against the, the Patriots in his career. Of course, it's only two games, but he's been bad in those games. 69 pass rating, by the way. Nice. Um, I don't know. Kind of like that one. What do you think? It's fun. That's a perfect thing to bet on for that league. <laughs> you get a shitload of <laughs> money in your defense. Your your two team teaser. By then you've already eaten dinner. You're like a little drunk. You're way too full. You can yeah. barely even see the game over your. But you're stomach. full of confidence. <laughs> yeah, you've already won money on your on your Bills Cowboys bet. So why not root for a pick six? I love it. Or you lost money because we were wrong, and then you just like will triple down on this plus six fifty, and that's gonna just net a profit. All right, beautiful. All right, that's what we got. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. We're still going to have our Friday show. We're going to have like a little truncated, condensed version of our Friday show. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you to everyone for listening. I hope you have a happy, safe Thanksgiving. Remember, gratitude is really important and there should be more of it in the world, but it's not everything. Uh, on that note, thank you, Kai. Kai. We're thankful for Kai. We are, we are this genuinely episode. thankful for Kai. Now speak for yourself. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Thank you, the game. Wow. What a, such an eclectic mix from DK. I never know what's coming. We did Dead Prez on the last episode and now the game. Oh, I was listening to uh, that. The, the most famous Dead, dead it's Bigger Prez song. than hip. Yeah, it's, ah, that's yeah. Such a, that, that song hits so hard. That song Love that. Hit. We were talking about um, how there are like very famous people, but like to younger generations, you learn of him from like them cameoing and something that you watched when you were a kid. I feel like the game is like that for me in rap. Like the game... Like he did, like the first thing I thought of the like the first time I ever listened to the game was actually him featuring on like I don't even know someone's song that yeah. came out in like 2007. But then you find out later what song? I don't know. I'm trying to remember. It was uh, the most famous song that he has probably is "Hate It or Love It." I don't know, but that's his song. I don't know a lot about the game. I'm, I haven't I don't I don't listened to him a ton. This is riveting. Oh yeah, the Red Album. Yeah. The game does have a great voice. It does. It's like kind of low and raspy.
I wonder why Craig likes that. Yeah, you should hear me rap. Raspy. I like that word. Raspy? You have have kind of a raspy voice. I've been told. (laughs) I've been told like I sound like I smoke cigarettes, which I do not. (laughs) Grovelly. Gravelly or grovel? Gravelly, sorry. (laughs) Not grovelly. I guess I I do grovel sometimes. begging people. Big grovelly voice. All right, goodbye, everyone.